Shall we listen to the word of God for today? It's taken from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. Ephesians is after 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Then you go to Galatians. Is the next door neighbor to Galatians. Are we there? For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the, his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height to know the love of Christ, which passes all understanding, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, let us pray. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we thank you so much this morning. We are at your foot once again, O oh God, to serve you, to worship you. We are ready to hear from you. Speak to us for encouragement. Speak to us for direction. Speak to us for training and teaching. Speak to us, oh Father. To the glory and praise of your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, church. Hallelujah, church. Beloved, we are still reveling and rejoicing in the memory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? So, in our hearts, in our spirits, that should be a constant thing, not only on Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. But Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says something which I like to be real in your life as we celebrate or as we continue to remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Acts 1.3, the Bible said, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. It is my desire 
and my prayer that within the next few days, within the next few weeks, within the next few months, within 40 days, within 30 days, like Jesus showed himself to his disciples within 40 days and gave them infallible proofs that he is alive. May God show you infallible proofs in your life that Jesus is alive. Infallible proofs in your marriage. Infallible proofs in your business. Infallible proofs in your health. Proof that nobody can controvert that Jesus truly is alive. May that be shown to you within the next one week. Within the next two weeks, within the next three weeks, within the next 20 days, within the next 40 days, I can tell that somebody here in the next 40 days will come with a testimony of an infallible proof that Jesus is alive. That Jesus is alive. You will come with a testimony. Hallelujah, church. This morning, we are looking at a very exciting topic, the sufficiency of God. The sufficiency of God. And beloved, come to table with me, the table of God's word. Let's dine and eat. The sufficiency of God, and I'll speak about three major things in this. And the first point I'll share with you Relating to the sufficiency of God is that God's fullness is inexhaustible. He is so sufficient that his fullness is inexhaustible. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. We're going to stay there for some more time. Ephesians 3 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. What he's saying is that God is able to do. It is not you who are able to do. Sometimes we think we are the one who should be able to do. So when we are in a particular project, we are handling a particular business or an assignment and difficulties arise that beat our imagination and our understanding and our skill, we lose hope and then we think that it cannot be done. There is not enough resources. We don't have enough money. And then we take the back seat and we think it cannot be done. May I submit to you this morning that the Bible says that it is God who is able to do is God who is able to do. You are doing what you are doing. That's great. But bear in your mind that whatever it is that you are doing, it is God who is able to do. And he says that he does what he does exceedingly, abundantly, above, exceedingly, abundantly, above. That is where I, I, I perceive or understand that if God is able to do exceedingly and he's done, he does it abundantly and he does it above, then it means that there exists in God an inexhaustible fullness of grace and mercy and love. There exists in God an inexhaustible fullness 
inexhaustible fullness. You know, there are some people, no matter the amount of money you are asking of them, they just deliver. It's as if they, 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 they function as far as money is concerned in the, with a bottomless pit. So money, they, I mean, regardless of how deep the hole is, they are, they are, the money is just flowing. Money is just flowing. But what we are talking about here, I am not talking yet about the vast resources. I am talking about the inexhaustible fullness of God in terms of his grace, in terms of his mercy, and in terms of his love. That is why he's able to do for you and I exceedingly abundantly above what we ask because he, 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 he grants us the things we ask. The things we ask, he does not give it to us as a reward because we ask them. He gives them to us as a grant. He does not give us things because we deserve to receive because we have fasted and prayed and therefore we have a demand and a claim on God. He grants the things to us. It is like go through the university and learn hard and study hard and get your first class or distinction or whatever it is. On the day of graduation, your degree is not something you, it is, it is awarded. The university can choose to change things and say that ABCD has changed. And because of one, two, three, four, uh, you, I think, put this thing aside for the meantime. It is awarded. Amen? So, so when we're in school and we say, we are, we are going to receive, a, we think we, we have ended in, yes, true somehow, but the university does not say that. In your certificate, you check it. This certificate is awarded for so, so, and so, and so that you have done. Hallelujah. God does not owe you what he gave you. He granted it to you. So in reaching into that resource, I need us to understand that whatever it is, it is because there exists in God an inexhaustible fullness of his grace and his mercy. That cannot be. So no matter what you pray, no matter how much you pray, no matter how wide you open your mouth to request of the Lord and draw on that resource, it doesn't run dry. You can draw on it in the morning, in the mid-morning, in the afternoon, in the mid-afternoon, in the night, in the midnight, at dawn, or on every occasion, in every situation, draw on that and you will still have God granting to you exceedingly, abundantly, above what you did ask and imagine. Hallelujah, church. You know, sometimes I, I, I tend to think that you get to a level in God. You get to a level in God. You get to a level in God. That not only your prayers in terms of what you ask is what God does, but also 
The things you imagine that you think to do. Not only what you ask, not only what you think, but I'm looking at the things that you think to do. So I thought to do something. You get to a level in God that by the time you thought to do something and you are about getting it into motion, then God arranges and organizes a whole lot of things to surprise you because he is able to do exceedingly above what you were thinking to do. Church, you are a candidate for that in not many days from now. You are a candidate for that in not many days now. You are next in line to experience the goodness of God in that area. It is your turn. It is your turn. It is your turn to encounter God in that dimension. Hallelujah. Many have enjoyed it. And many are still enjoying it. But if you haven't, can I submit to you today, who is hearing me today, that it is your turn as a family, it is your turn as an individual, it is your turn as a church, it is our turn. Hallelujah. To experience the fullness, the inexhaustible fullness of the Lord. Because that resource never dries. I don't know what visions you have, what goals you have, what, what, what dreams you have that may require great resources. It may require so much money and so much people to work with you. But God is inexhaustible in his fullness. Present that vision. Present that dream. You have a vision to build a house. You have a vision to, to, to go through a certain program. You have a dream to, to buy a car, a good one at that. You have a dream to build church buildings and to buy lands for church. You have a dream. You desire to do so many wonderful things, commercial projects, wonderful things, university. You have a dream. You have a dream. You have a dream. Can I tell you that all these dreams are things you are thinking about and we are here today considering a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what you can think or imagine or ask. Those things you have dreamt, the resources are in God and they are inexhaustible. Those things you have as your vision, the resources are in God and they are inexhaustible. Men may not be able to provide you all the things. You may have hope in some colleagues, in some friends, in some contacts. They may not be able to provide you. But there is a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can think and ask. When Jesus told Peter, go and bring some coin. Go and throw your, 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 your hook and line into the sea and get some coin. Get a fish and get some coin. Peter took the step of it and went. How on earth did it happen that the fish that Peter caught, it is not as if you can even see the fish under the sea. You can't see it. But he threw the thing 
and there were several fishes that were moving. Maybe some fish had just passed that particular place just before the other one came. And another one is still coming. And they didn't have any coin in their mouth. But the particular fish that had a coin in his mouth, God arranged, God arranged, God arranged that by the time Peter's hook enters the water, that fish will be there to be caught so that they can find the coin. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. That God will so arrange that people will come your way. Men and women will come your way. People you have not dreamt about. You have not thought about. You have not considered in your considerations and your planning. God will so arrange wherever they are in this land, outside this land, wherever they are as it were in the sea that you cannot see. God will so arrange and bring them your way in the name of Jesus to be able to achieve your dream. Can I hear a louder amen? God's fullness is inexhaustible and it's for us. It is for us. Number two, you and I have to assess God's inexhaustible fullness. It is one thing knowing that the thing is there and truly it is factual. But we need to access it. We need to experience it. We need to tap into it. And the Bible says that in the same verse 20, it says that these things happen to us according to the power that is at work in us. According to the power that is at work in us. So it means that God has a certain power. That works in us. What it means is that the power that is at work in us is already in you. You already have the power in you. Can I hear an amen? You have the power in you. The power that is at work in us, you have it in you. Remember, we were dead in sins. He made us alive and raised us up together with Christ. So the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead raised us also when we were dead in sins and made us alive. So the power of God through the Holy Ghost is already in every child of God. Amen. So you can assess indeed because of that power you can indeed assess the fullness in proportion to the power that works. In you in proportion to the working of the power so if I had my way I'll ask you to build in the power that works and make the works a capital works in according to the power that works in you beloved every child of God the scientists call, they call it potential energy. There is so much potential power in you. What remains is the working of that power. I need to work the power. That is in me. So that one is kinetic. You understand? So 
you have, we have too much potential energy and we are not engaging it and activating it into kinetic energy. There is so much potential energy in the church. We have potential energy to be able to do miracles, signs and wonders. We have potential energy for souls to be saved as if we are, having, we are holding a sickle to bring them in. We have potential energy to give beyond our abilities. We have potential energy to believe God for anything. And we have that potential all over the place sitting here right now like you. We have that potential energy. It is time for the church, according to the scripture, it says according to the power that works, it is time to convert the potential energy into kinetic energy. The energy that is on the go. The first time I heard the name go team, I said, wow. They are on the go. They are on the go. So we need to see such. You enter a prayer force meeting and the prayer is so powerful, the environment is so charged. You enter a youth fellowship and the place is on fire. Young man, you are strong. I write to you because you are strong and you have overcome the devil. So they demonstrate strength and an overcoming presence over the evil one. Hallelujah, church. Beloved, what we need to do is the next point I want to share with you. And that point, quickly, is that if we have to tap into this and we have so much potential energy, which we have to turn into kinetic energy, then how do we activate our potential energy so that we can tap into this inexhaustible resource. I want to share with you three or four activators of potential energy. Three or four of them, as time will permit, that activate, and that begins from verse 14. So take us to verse 14. Paul says that for this reason, I, Paul, bow my knees to the Father as our Lord Jesus Christ. And that teaches us straight away the first thing is prayer. The first thing is prayer. And prayer that has the consciousness that I am talking to God, my Father. So this morning when Reverend Dora Bote was leading us and we were praying the Lord's Prayer. She said something that we should pray it not as robots but pray it as people who know what we are saying. Then I said this woman is connecting to the spirit because I was coming to share similar that when we are praying we should know that we are talking to our father. The father of our Lord Jesus Christ who to whom all the families in heaven and on earth, belong. The chief Ebusiapeni. In your house, you don't talk by heart to Ebusiapeni. In your family, you don't talk by, you don't send unnecessary jokes. You talk with seriousness, commitment, focus, especially when you are dealing even with the chief. 
We are talking about a God. Bible says that the families in heaven and on earth belong to him. Amen. So enter his presence. Paul said, I bow my knees. Bowing is a sign of reverence and humility. You may not be doing that, but revere God in your prayer times. Let God know that you are revering him and you are asking him and making requests of him with all focus and passion and commitment. When I am passionate about prayer, it doesn't mean that I am laying demands on God and directing him. I can be passionate in prayer and still showing reverence to God. Because the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availed much. Fervency in prayer is about passing. When you pour coke into a bottle or a glass, there is effervescence. It is not cool and relaxed. When the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer Fervent prayer, a heart-filled prayer, a prayer that is from the heart, from, not from the lips or the stomach. Hallelujah. We need to use that to activate our prayer, our, our, our power. And Jesus did it. He did it. You and I know Jesus. He went to the mountains and fasted for 40 days. And Luke chapter 4 verse 14. Let's go to Luke 4 14 quickly. Luke 4, 14 says something very briefly. Luke 4, 14. Are you with me? Then Jesus returned in power of the Holy Spirit after the fasting and prayer. He returned in power and news of him went out through all the surrounding regions. Before them, they knew him as a carpenter's son, the son of Joseph. There was no news about him all over the place. Before then, nobody could come to him for any real concrete activity and miracle. He himself would tell you that my time has not yet come. Before then, but when he returned, according to Luke 4.14, he returned in Power of the Spirit of God and news about Him. Somebody here is activating and will activate His potential energy. And when you do so, when you do so, positive news, good testimonies about you in that office, about how God is using you in that community, in that family and in that church, in that prayer group and in that choir. News about us as a church will spread all over the place. That this is the church to be and indeed, may I submit to you, this is the church to be in. You are not sure. You are not sure. This is the church to be in. The other day, I came for all night and I just heard God's voice telling me that, tell the people that this is a place of fertility. If they want to sow, it is in this ground. So when I see people preach, they are preaching, you are dropping something, they are singing, you are dropping something, I just tell myself that they are sowing in a fertile soil. They are sowing in a fertile soil. And you reap. Some of us, we have been sowing by the roadside and bears have been picking it. 
We send our monies all over the place. We sow in thorns and sow in, in, in rocks and it looks nice and people are praising you and before long it is dried up. But when you sow in God's house, you reap abundant fruits. And some will reap 30, and some will reap 60, and some will reap 100. But I will to God that every one of us will reap 100. Because the reaping of the 30, 60, and 100, if you check the scriptures, is according to the understanding of those who did the sowing. Or the, the ones who, who, the things that were, it's according to the understanding. It's like when I teach you in the classroom, some people will get 70, 80, some will get 100, some will get zero, some will get whatever, according to their understanding of the concepts. If you understand the concepts of giving and sowing well, you will sow and you will reap a hundred. Activate your potential energy. Jesus came with power in prayer. The, other, the second thing to activate your energy, Paul says in verse 16, that you, he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, mm, the riches of his glory to be strengthened in, with might through the spirit in your inner man. That is linked to prayer. But you see, as I am praying, Kambada, Takar, Leando, Sikibe, as I am praying in all those things, my strengthening through the spirit in my inner man is a grant from God. Did you see that? That he will grant you. It's a grant. See, God does these things so that when you have a little unction and power to do things, you remember that it was a grant. So you don't boast about it. And that is why when people have a little gift and they are doing things and all of a sudden they become proud and they become all kinds and showing all kinds. I don't know whether they know where the thing is coming from. Where the power is coming from. It is from God and it is a grant. So if you have a strengthened inner man, through the spirit, it is granted by God. Hallelujah. May God grant that to you. May he grant that to you. Hallelujah. That you'll be strengthened in your inner man. Number three, under activating your power, is a, live a, have a Christ-filled heart. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Verse 17. Christ may dwell in your heart. A Christ-filled heart. Constantly thinking about Christ, his all-sufficiency, and connecting by faith into that all-sufficiency and that almighty power of God, that by faith through Christ, things can happen in your life to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. And your faith is strengthened when your inner man is strengthened. Your faith is strengthened when your inner man is strengthened. So when God is about working things in your life, you will not be like that woman. If you are like that woman, still do that, still pray. I don't know whether it was a woman. I think it was a man. He said that, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. When your inner man is strengthened, you will act and say, I believe. You will not need help for your inner man to say, help my unbelief. 
Hallelujah. May God strengthen your inner man. Amen. So that you can tap into his supernatural. Then, number four, be rooted in the knowledge of Christ's love. Oh, I don't have time enough to deal with that for you. But be rooted in the knowledge of the love of Jesus. Let brotherly love continue in the church. Be rooted in the knowledge of it. And see how high, how wide, how deep, and how broad it is. Look at, look at, look at Job. Job, Job, Job was a, a serious prophet of God. Look at Job. Job chapter um, 11, verse 7 to 9. Quickly, Job chapter 11, verse 7 to 9. He talks about how to read the, the deep things of God. Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find the limits of the Almighty? I think the answer to that perhaps is no. Check the next one. They are higher than the heavens. How high is the love of God? I want you to understand it. Job is saying that they are higher than the heavens. What can you do about it? They are deeper than Sheol. That means it goes even to hell. Jesus, we believe, descended to the lower regions with love. What can you know? Next verse. Their measure is longer than the earth. In terms of how wide. And the breath is broader than the sea. And he says that he wants us to know this kind of love of God which has such dimensions that are completely inexhaustible and un unlimited and unreachable by men. We should know it and we should know it that it surpasses knowledge. Did you see that in, the, in Ephesians? Know this love which surpasses knowledge. I said, it is, it is humbling. How can you know something that surpasses knowledge? May God grant us the humility that we'll be able to submit ourselves to this level of love in Christ. That sometimes people say things and do things and you see it and you are not reacting, you are not taking it in a certain way because you understand how high the love of God is and how deep the love of God is and how wide it is that that fellow, that brother, that sister is also a subject of God's love. And we need to understand, church, that every child of God is God's work in progress. God has not finished with us yet. We are still his work in progress. So when he speaks to you in a very bad way, don't take it too much to heart because of the love of God. And remember that he is still God's work in progress. Don't take it out on your husband. Remember your wife is still God's work in progress. Hallelujah. Finally be filled with the fullness of God. Be filled with the fullness of God. Beloved, God has so much for us. His sufficiency is inexhaustible. And it is for us to receive according to the power that is at work in us. Let's work the power that is in us so that we can tap 
into God's inexhaustible fullness. Constantly. 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 Our sufficiency is in God. And indeed, you should know that God's fullness cannot be exhausted. It is for you to access by activating your potential energy, the power that is at work in you. Activate it. And then you must do so constantly. God bless you, church.